You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. It doesn't matter what you've experienced, God loves you. It doesn't matter have you thought about yourself or what other people say about you, God loves you. This is what God says about you. You are honored, you are precious in his eyes and it's the most glorious and amazing thing. And if you can't understand it, fine. Just accept it. Just accept that God loves you so much. No greater expression of God's love for you will ever, ever be found outside the cross. Isn't it amazing that God sent his only son to die for the forgiveness of your sins, even while you were still a sinner? God loves you, even though he knew you would fall short in sin. Pastor Dave will be reminding you that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. When you sin, run to him, confess, and repent. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 12 as he continues his message, The Divine Magnet. The cross is sending out signals through the Holy Spirit and it is drawing us back into his arms, drawing man, sinful man, back into his arms through the cross. It's a major giant magnet that draws us. So as we look to the cross, as we study the cross, it has an effect on us. It either has a good effect like those steel shavings or it has a bad effect like the paper. You are either drawn to it are repelled by it. We look at the cross. The cross becomes a magnet to our souls. It draws us closer and closer, deeper and deeper. Our hearts and our minds and our eyes are drawn to the cross and it becomes an image of a sacrifice that we can never fathom completely. We can't fathom what happened up there. We accept it by faith, but we can't really fathom what happened that day. But something happens to us when we truly see the cross for what it is. Something happens inside to us. So I'm going to invite you this morning to look and see the cross. Look and see the cross. I'm going to show three things. Look and see the cross and see God's forgiveness. Look and see the cross and see God's victory. And look and see the cross and see God's love. Look and see the cross. Let's look at God's forgiveness. One of the greatest needs in the world today that man has is the need for forgiveness. Man has this great need for forgiveness. Even way back in Ecclesiastics, Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastics 7, verse 20, For there is not a man on earth who does good and does not sin. The Apostle Paul picked up on that. And you know the verse in Romans 3, 23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned. Man knows that inwardly. We know that inwardly and our sin separates us from God. Our sin separates from God. The Holy Spirit then is in the world doing what? 
convicting us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. We're going to get to that when we get later on in John. But one commentator said this, quote, There is in the heart of every man or woman, under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, a sense of guilt and condemnation. A sense of guilt and condemnation in the heart of every believer, or excuse me, every man and woman. And then he says, in the book Pilgrim's Progress, Bunyan, who was the writer, made guilt and condemnation a heavy back that was on the back of the pilgrim. And he did not lose it until he reached the cross of Jesus Christ. That is when the heavy burden was lifted, when he reached the cross of Jesus Christ. When we realize just how guilty we really are, just how short we really have fallen according to God's standards, when we realize just how condemned we are because of sin, we too begin to feel the weight of that load. That's the burden that Jesus says, come to me, those who are heavy burden. Come to me and give it to me. Take my yoke. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. That's the burden Christ is talking about. But at the cross, there is forgiveness. And the forgiveness is through the power of Jesus Christ on that cross. On that cross. The power to remove guilt. The power that is different from any judicial power ever on earth. It's a great and strong divine power. In Jesus Christ on the cross, there is power to forgive and at the same time remove guilt. The cross then becomes a bridge between man and God. A bridge across this giant chasm of sin. This giant valley that separated us from God. The cross then becomes that joining block. It becomes the bridge that bridges the gap between man and God. At the cross we find forgiveness of sin. Make no mistake about it. Jesus is going to say, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through me. You cannot receive this forgiveness of God. You cannot receive this gift of life through God unless you go through Jesus Christ and unless you go through the cross. It does not happen. When we look at the cross, we see forgiveness. And this forgiveness is a magnet to our hearts because we desperately need forgiving. We desperately need to be forgiven by a most holy God. We desperately need to be deemed righteous by a most holy God, because in our hearts, in our souls, we want to be deemed righteous by God. We want that in our lives. When we look at the cross, the magnet draws us closer and closer. And when we see our sin, when we see what we really look like, we want to fall to our knees and ask for forgiveness, and we want to repent. That's what the cross does. And when we do that, we receive forgiveness. Total forgiveness. And we become guilt-free. So look and see the cross, cross. Look and see Jesus hanging there, suffering and dying in our place. Look and see the cross and see God's plan for the redemption of mankind. Look and see the cross and see forgiveness. Look and see the cross. We see this victory, the victory that is upon Jesus Christ on the cross. And we look at this victory, why? Because on the cross, a battle raged. 
There was a battle that happened on the cross, a battle between light and darkness, a battle between good and evil, and a battle between God and Satan. This great eternal battle, this great universal battle, this great kingdom-minded battle that happened upon the cross. But on the cross, Jesus prevailed. Good triumphed over evil. Light overcame darkness, and God defeated Satan on the cross. We look to the cross and we see Jesus' victory over sin. We see Jesus' victory over Satan. We see that our sins are forgiven and the power of Satan is broken. The chains that bind us are now broken. He has broken every chain. Verse 31, it says, Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. Because of the cross, when we look at the cross, we see God's judgment over the world and over Satan. Jesus' attitude of obedience to the Father was a judgment of the world because the cross displayed the contrast between his obedience and our rebelliousness. There's this huge contrast there. The cross was a complete victory over Satan. Satan is the prince of this world. The prince of this world, the ruler of this world, the prince of this world. Why? Because he gained his place by self-seeking pride. He gained that place by trickery, by deceit, and by cruelty. But Jesus, Jesus was the perfect sacrifice. Jesus fulfilled the law completely. He never sinned. He fulfilled the law completely. Jesus, the Son of God, draws all men to himself by dying a humiliating death in total purity, in total honesty, and total forgiveness. Jesus' death was the ultimate victory. And it happened on the cross when he defeated Satan. When he died, he yelled that ultimate battle cry, victory. It is finished. It is done. The work was complete. Satan was through. Cross meant to kill is our victory. Christ reconciling the world to God by the merit of his death on the cross broke the power of death. He cast out Satan. Jesus Christ lifted on the cross becomes a magnet to our hearts and draws the world to God by the breaking of the sin and breaking of the power that binds us and by freeing us. Frees us from slavery. When you look to Jesus, when you look and see him on the cross, we see freedom. We see victory. Freedom from slavery, and the slavery of sin, and freedom from his hard taskmaster, Satan. This freedom, this liberty becomes a magnet to us. It becomes a magnet to us, drawing us ever deeper, ever closer. When we look to the cross, we see forgiveness. When we look to the cross, we see victory. And finally, when we look to the cross, we're reminded of God's love. We're reminded of God's love. And John wrote about this in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God's love was showed to us on the cross. When we look at the cross of God, we are drawn, cross of Jesus Christ, we are drawn to God like a magnet because his love is being demonstrated towards us. God's love, mankind, expressed in a way that is incomparable. 
incomparable. The Apostle Paul wrote about this in chapter 5 of Romans. He says in verse 8 of chapter 5, you know the verse, but God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When did God start loving you? When did God start loving you? When you walked down the aisle, when you said a prayer? When, 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 when God looked out and you said that prayer, he goes, oh, good, I can start loving you now. How nice. How wonderful. Is that when God started loving you? Isn't that right? No. Scripture says God loved you before the foundations of the world. God loved you when Christ died for the ungodly. Godly. Because Jesus died for us in our ungodly state. Why we were yet sinners. I have to place myself there because there's no way to boast. I can't go around and go, I got saved because he knew I'd be a good pastor. He knew I'd be a good guy. He knew that. No. It's only by the grace of God. Only by his unending grace that I could stand before you and say these things. Not that I had any type of potential. It was God's grace that made me complete. Christ died for me when I was still a sinner, when I was still in that ungodly state. He even loved me then. Now, does God love you any less because you're his child? No. Does it love you any less now that you become his child? How often in our minds do we think that God is disgusted with us? How many times do we go around thinking that God is discouraged with us or disappointed in us? How many times do we go around thinking, oh, God is through with me? How many times do we think that? We just can't imagine that, that God doesn't have these good attitudes towards us, but he has nothing but negative attitudes towards us. This is so far from the truth. And when you buy into this, you are buying into a lie from the pit of hell. When you buy into that, you can't buy into that. Because if you look throughout the Bible, we see God's love is mentioned. Isaiah 49, 16. God loves you so much that he engraved your name on the palm of his hands. Jesus has your name engraved on the palms of his hands. They are nail marks. Your name in those nail marks engraved on his hand. Matthew 10, 30 says, God loves you so much that he knows how many hairs are on your head. Or the ones that used to be there. <laughs> he knows how many of them have fallen out. Psalm 56 says, God loves you so much that he saves your tears in a bottle. He saves your tears in a bottle. That's how much he loves you. Psalm 139, verses 17 and 18 says, How precious are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more than the number of the sand. Jeremiah 31, 3 says that God has loved us with an everlasting love. You have to realize that God loves you each individually in a most extremely personal way. Doesn't matter where you've been. Doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you've experienced. God loves you. Doesn't matter have you thought about yourself or what other people say about you. God loves you. This is what God says about you. You are honored. You are precious in his eyes. And it's a most glorious and amazing thing. And if you can't understand it, 
fine. Just accept it. Just accept that God loves you so much. No greater expression of God's love for you will ever, ever be found outside of the cross. That is where God's greatest expression of love came towards us. The cross is God's statement of how much he loves you. When you want to know how much God loves you, look at the cross. When you want to know how much God loves you, look at the cross. When you think of the immensity of God's love, we can't even fathom it. And Paul writes about this in Ephesians, back in Ephesians 3. Verses 14 through 21, I'm going to read them. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who from the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to his riches and glory, to be strengthened with might through the Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, the height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. You can never understand God's love. Not this side of heaven. Because it doesn't comprehend with our humanity. It doesn't comprehend with our finite mind. We can't understand it. We can't understand it, but this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be an atoning sacrifice. All right. The word there is propitiation, an atoning sacrifice. The work of Jesus Christ on the cross is God's ultimate proof of his love for you. There may be additional proof. But there will be none greater. There will be absolutely none greater. If the cross is the ultimate demonstration of God's love, it's also the ultimate demonstration of man's hatred. It also proves that at the height of man's hatred, he cannot defeat the love of God. I love it. Demonstration of God's love isn't displayed by how much or why Jesus died. It's displayed by for whom Jesus died. Sinners. Jesus died for sinners. Just like me. Just like you. Jesus died for sinners. Rebels. In rebellion against him. Scripture says God is love. Never did the love shine brighter. Never did the love of God shine brighter or longer than when Son of God hung on the shameful cross at Calvary. Never did it shine any brighter than that day. See, this is what Jesus is saying here. If I be lifted up on a cross, it will become a magnet and draw all peoples to me. Notice one thing. There is no exclusion here. This is not an exclusion cause. He doesn't say those who accept me, those that, no, all people. He loves everyone in the entire world just as much as he loves us. He loves everyone right now. It says all peoples. None are excluded from the mercy of God, which is demonstrated on the cross. Jesus becomes the arm of God. 
And by lifting up, he draws men and women into himself. Notice it says he draws. Or he pulls. It's that tractor beam. It's that magnet that's pulling you. He doesn't force you. When you come to the cross, there are not finger marks in the sand as he drug you to him. When you come to the cross, you come on your own free will because you've been wooed by the cross. Because the love of God has poured out into your heart and has touched you to such a great extent that you want to him. You want to come and declare your love for him. You want to come to the cross and repent of your sins and ask for forgiveness and be restored. You want that because you've experienced his love as you look at the cross. He doesn't pull you. and He pulls you. He doesn't drag you or whip you or beat you or drive you. The Holy Spirit tugs at your heart. The Holy Spirit tugs at your heart. We are drawn to him through the power of the cross. And, and in Ephesians 2.13, it says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Where was that blood shed? On the cross. We've been brought near by the cross of Jesus Christ. This is where we've been brought near. This is where the sacrifice happened. This is where we were far off, but we've been brought near. Things of God. The blood of Christ accomplishes these things. His blood was shed on the cross. This coming near happens only by the blood of Christ through the cross of Christ. Paul connects the idea of God's great love to, to Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross. He connects God's love with the cross. Many people think that preaching Christ crucified is all about a bloody, gory mess. But the point of Christ crucified is not gore. It's love. Preaching Christ crucified means that Jesus is full of love, both sacrificial Giving and saving love. Many people suggested different ways to come to God. Some think that you can by keeping the law or becoming to a group such as Israel or even joining a church. But the only way you can be brought near to God is through the cross. The only way you can be brought near to God is through the cross of Jesus Christ. What Jesus did on the cross, suffering as a guilty sinner in the place of guilty sinners, brings us near to God. The cross is a magnet. Is it drawing you today? Is the cross drawing you today? What do you see when you look at the cross? Is it drawing you? Have you looked at the cross lately and really studied it and looked at it? Have you accepted what the cross is, what it means? Have, has it gone into your heart and really Taking a great look at, does it have some sort of effect on you? I told you at the beginning that it might have one or two effects. It might draw you to it. You may be repelled by it. Have you looked at the cross lately? Look to the cross today. Look to the cross and see God's forgiveness. Look to the cross today and see God's victory. We'd love to keep studying the Word of God with you again next time on Assure Hope. In the meantime, we invite you to learn more about this program by visiting our website, assurehoperadio.com. 
There, you'll find our archive of previous messages from Pastor Dave Shank, available to listen to, download, or even share with your friends and family, all free of charge. Just look under the Messages tab. You can listen to additional teachings from this series in John or jump to another book of the Bible. Each book gives some useful insight into God's plan for you and the world you live in. We trust that A Sure Hope is an encouraging program for you. And if you're without a church family, we'd love for you to join us. If you happen to be in the Cape May area, we'd love to meet you in person for a time of worship and Bible study right here at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. We meet weekly on Sunday at 10 a.m. And you can find all the information you need by visiting assurehoperadio.com. If you live further away or are unable to come in person, we understand. And we'd still love for you to be a part of our church family virtually. You can join us for church online through Facebook Live and on YouTube. Just follow the links that are available at assurehoperadio.com. And don't forget to like and subscribe to keep up to date with the latest information. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Assure Hope.